Top 14, the finest football multimedia page out there. Follow us on the socials and don't forget to like and subscribe. Enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome back to the Top 40s World Cup podcast. It is Lucas and Tom back at it again. And since we last sat down to speak to you guys, we've had the first round of games of the World Cup. Well, first round of games, only game which is still yet to be played at the time of recording is the Brazil match. So apologies to our Brazilian listeners. I'm sure there are some out there. Tomo, good evening. It's been a hell of a tournament so far, hasn't it? Yeah, um, opening game's nearly done now. I've loved it so far. It's been it's been superb. Um, been some real shocks, as there always is. There's been some batterings. There's been some terrible performances. There's been some brilliant performances. Um, just typical World Cup, really. And yeah, absolutely superb start to to the tournament. Yeah, I don't I don't think anyone could have asked for a better start football wise. Batterings. Giant killings, limbs. It's had it all so far, and obviously the occasional, the occasional ball draw. So we're going to start off, Tomo. I'm, I'm just going to ask you, who? What would you say has been the biggest giant killing of the tournament so far? Well, I think there's obviously been two big shocks so far. If you've been following on, um, Germany losing to South Korea. Well, not South Korea. Sorry, Japan and. Um, Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. I'm going to go with Saudi Arabia beating Argentina purely just based off, I think Japan are actually a, a decent side um, and they showed that against Germany. They were really good defensively um, and I'll let you cover that game. But um, yeah, as for the Saudi arabia Argentina game, Argentina started, you know, it was a clear it was a clear game plan from from Saudi Arabia to to try and suffocate the midfield of Argentina and play a really high line. Um, and in the first half, the first twenty five minutes especially, Argentina kept getting in behind time and time and time again. Um, you know, and it resulted in a penalty for Argentina. Messi had a big chance before that that he that he just put wide, um, and Argentina then got a penalty and. He scored it subsequently. And then Lissandro Martinez was put through. He scored. And there was a lot of other... I think they might have got another goal, I'm pretty sure. And it was disallowed for offside. But they were all quite tight, especially Lissandro Martinez. So um, I think that their plan was risky, but and it looked a bit dodgy. But then as at 1-0 half-time, they really started to get a bit of belief about them. And it seemed like they came out in the second half and... And started to go forward a little bit more. Um, Herve Renard, the manager, obviously must have told them that, listen, we've got to get on the ball and test this Argentina defence. And they tested it really well because they scored a, a brilliant equaliser, great shot across the keeper. Um, and then the winner was probably goal of the tournament so far for me because the footwork's excellent. And then and then the finish to boot. I mean, yeah, just a, br- a brilliant performance from, from the Saudis. And Argentina looked look really vulnerable defensively in those moments and and threw the kitchen sink at them but never really had enough quality at the end of the game. Yeah, I think I have to say that that has probably the, been the biggest giant killing so far. German-Japan was also big, but we did see Japan almost did something very similar four years ago and they nearly knocked Belgium out at the last 16 in the World Cup four years ago. But I think... 
one of the best takeaways from the match was some of the celebrations I've seen on Twitter. Some Donny ripping some door off and some some guy genuinely whipped out his AK-47 in sheer out of sheer happiness, which honestly is probably the best celebration I have ever seen. But I could I could talk about that all day, but alas, we haven't got time for that. So I'm going to speak about the other giant killing of the tournament so far, and it was Japan overcoming Germany by two goals to one. Now, again, we saw something very similar from the other giant killing is that Germany went 1-0 up for a penalty and then two quick fire goals sunk the opponents. Obviously, Ilkay Gundogan put Germany ahead from the spot on 33 minutes. They held out for 42 minutes more and then after, after that, not sure on names, then after that, Ritsu Doan and Takuma Asano sent the Japanese fans into into pandemonium really I think some two giant killings of that size are, are definitely going to be remembered from the tournament because there's two big sides two previous World Cup winners and World Cup finalists as well in the last decade as a matter of fact and I think that it's it's testament to some of the to some of the underdogs that we've seen at this World Cup like Obviously, Canada have qualified for the first time in donkey's years. We'll come onto the, we'll cross that bridge when the time comes. Costa Rica qualified yet again. Wales are back for their first World Cup in 64 years. Um, Tunisia qualified again. Cameroon are back. Then the lowest ranked side in the FIFA World Rankings. Ghana, 61st in the FIFA World Rankings, are back, which is fantastic to see. And I think. That some of the giant killings so far have been really, really good. Now, we are going to go into a bit more of a personal game here. And it was Monday's England match against Iran. Tomo, it was an absolutely fantastic victory, wasn't it? Yeah, what a game. What a win for England. Um, I thought that just before I, I go into the, the, the positives, because there's so many, I want to address that penalty that was awarded for Iran, which... I think was an absolute embarrassing penalty, to be honest. Um, we've seen a couple of penalties given for holding so far in this tournament. And England had an instance with Harry Maguire early in, in, the, in the game. I think it was nil-nil at the time, where he was quite clearly wrestled to the ground. Way more, way worse than any of the penalties I've seen given for holding in the tournament. And it wasn't even looked at by VAR. And then to find out that in the last kick of the game... Iran get a penalty for the slightest of shirt pulls, which must occur from every single corner or nine corners out of 10 gets given, um, was really frustrating. Um, and it put a little bit of a dampener on what was a faultless England display. Um, I mean, Bukayo Saka will get the headlines for, for his two goals and he was excellent. And Jude Bellingham also deserves all of the praise that he's he got. You know, he, he was brilliant not only with his goal, what a header that was, but I think the way he worked hard in midfield and, and dovetailed so nicely with Declan Rice, he gave us a little bit bit, bit, bit more of a driving force. And I like the way that he arrived late into the box for that goal. And, and he did it on, on numerous occasions in that game. Um, now, I don't know what you think on the performance, Lucas, but I think that's one of the best I've seen from an England side in a while because Iran aren't, aren't pushovers you know we we saw that they they had quality Mehdi Taremi scored two obviously um and his first goal was excellent and 
it was almost akin to Croatia's goal against us in the in the semi final of the last World Cup, where he, he they uh, he ran in between Stones and Maguire and and got a shot off. But you know they they did show quality in moments, and it, they certainly weren't a Costa Rica, for example, in the last tournament, where or a Panama. Um, you know, so I think we've got to be really impressed with our performance. But it is only one game, and. Let's hope we can follow it up with a with an emphatic win over America tomorrow, and then get qualified out of this group. Yeah, I think it was a it was a really really fantastic performance from the fellas, and I think obviously Maguire's shirt pull was in like the third minute. I was screaming for a penalty, not given, and then something which was definitely milder than the Maguire offence with the last kick of the game was given, and. Obviously, Iran, as we said, have some good players. They've got the likes of Ali Reza Jahanbash, Ali Reza Bayramvan. Get well soon if you're listening, by the way. And then they've they've got some other good players to watch out for. They've obviously got Saman Godos, Karim and Sarifad, and obviously they've got Mehdi Taremi. And yeah, it's a, it's they they have some they have some good sides and there's some good sides, some good players. Sorry. And I think the way we just picked them apart was absolutely world-class. I think, obviously, it took us a little while to get going. Had a couple, had a couple near misses, hit the woodwork. And I think Bellingham, cross comes into the area, he leaps like a salmon and it nestles in the back of the onion bag for 1-0. And then, obviously, two quick-fire goals and it's three. And, and I think... Bukayo Saka, he was absolutely outstanding. I think he's used the penalty miss from the Euro final, and I think he's just thrived. I, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like to see players miss, obviously. But I think Saka's, I think Saka's thrived off that penalty miss, and I think it was a, it was a bit of a fuck you to the haters, and he's really, he's really come leaps and bounds since then. He, obviously, he's been excellent so far this season. One of the best players in the league, I reckon. And obviously, he, he he stepped up on Monday, scored twice. Raheem Sterling, same old, same old. Also, Raheem, if you're listening, never forget where you started. Never forget where you came from, because we because we nurtured you and we made you. And I think it's fantastic to see Rashford scoring as well with his first touch. Obviously, another player who missed in the final, but it's fantastic to see so many players coming on and doing so so well for us and. It was absolute scenes at college where, where I was watching it. I think some of the limbs when the goals went in were unforgettable. Tomo, I know you watched it down the Battle Cruiser, and I'm sure you can say the same thing, limbs. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, only in England would you be queuing outside of a pub on a Monday at quarter to 10 um, with about 150 other people. You know, that's what England does. Exactly. And may I, may I also add that there was a pub in Essex where there were England fans who have been there since 5.45am, which is some severe dedication. And I've got to tip my hat to them, England fans. Now, gonna t- we're just going to touch quickly on some other games. I think we're going to touch on some on, on the other annihilation of the tournament so far as Spain brushed Costa Rica aside by seven goals to nil. I think this is probably one of the best team performances I've seen in a long, long time, isn't it, Tomo? Yeah, Spain were unbelievable, but I think that um, Costa Rica were woeful. They just had no plan. It was 
it was almost the old let's sit back and and try and sit back to a team that's going to pass you to death. Whereas Spain are actually the type of team that if you press them high, then you might nullify them. We saw when um, they had problems in the Euros against Croatia and in, their, in other games where they were pressed high and, and seemed to, to panic a little bit. Um, and I think that they need to... Costa Rica need a total rethink for their next game. And it was just dominant display. Javi was excellent in the game. Um, also, Pedri was very, very good, dictated the play. Um, and it was just a, a really good performance all around from Spain. Um, also wanted to talk about the uh, Belgium-Canada game because I think Canada were very, very unlucky there. Um, when I was watching it and Canada were on top, I said, oh, Belgium will win this 1-0, even though they don't deserve it. And unfortunately, that is that is what came to fruition. I think Belgium just had that little bit of quality in the final third, which Batshuayi showed. Um but I, I do worry for them, especially defensively. I think they looked pedestrian and were exposed time and time again by Canada, who, let's be real, they're not the best side in the world. I mean, they played really well, but, you know, Belgium are going to have sterner tests if they want to go far in this tournament. And I think they, even though they got the win, they're certainly going to have to improve performance-wise. Yeah, I think... While Canada didn't roll over and die as Costa Rica did, I th- I still think they they were good defensively and they were and they were double decent in midfield. I th- I just think it's just a matter of they couldn't score in a brothel. They 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 squandered so many chances. They had twenty two shots compared to Belgium's nine. They missed a penalty as well. To be honest, it was a really poor penalty. Easy save for Courtois. As long as the keeper dives the right way, nine nine times out of 10, he saves it. And I think Bashwai took his goal well. And I think De Bruyne showed his qualities. And I think there's definitely quite a bit of potential in that Canada side. But it's just just a matter of they couldn't put anything away. And I'd, I'd be quite disappointed if I was a Canadian. And I think Atiba Hutchinson, can he do it? Can he do it at World Cup level? I think he's got a couple more games to prove himself. He's 39 now, so this is really his final dance. He's literally 40 in three months, two and a half months' time. He's been going. He's been going to Canada longer since he got his first cap in December 2002. That was before me and Tom were born, which is ridiculous. You don't get many players like that anymore. But it's just it's just mental that. And I think, as as I said, Canada have more than enough chances to win the game. But when you don't take your chance against a side like Belgium, you evidently get punished. And I think some of the other games to quickly go over, obviously, we we, we was on for another another potential shot when, when Craig Goodwin put Australia 1-0 up inside 10 minutes, but it just wasn't to be. And obviously, our France hit them before with Altigan Rabiot, Olivier Giroud and Kylian Mbappé. And I can see Tom laughing there. The action. What what are you putting them on for? <laughs> but I think it's it's just a matter of a side who didn't didn't get many chances and were at the end of the day outclassed by a far superior opposition, don't you think, Tom? I think that game was a classic example of 
um, waking the beast up when it went 1-0. Um, Australia started that game really, really well. Um, but as soon as France got one, which came from a, a... Well, it was a good ball into the box and a good header um, from Rabiot. They seemed to... Australia seemed to panic. Uh, they started losing their composure on the ball and very quickly conceded a second when uh, I think their right back lost the ball um, and it was squared into Giroud for an open goal tap-in. Jackson Irvine, obviously former of the top 40s with Hull, he missed, uh, well, not missed, I would say. He was unlucky with a header that, that struck the post. And if that goes in and it's two all at half time, then it's a different game. Also, Duke, the striker for Australia, scored almost scored goal of the tournament when he hit one just wide. I think that would have made it 2-0 as well. Um, so it could have been a different game. Second half, France were just absolutely dominant. Um and it could have been six or seven one to be honest. Australia just ran out of ran out of steam totally. But I think France do look good this tournament. But they have their vulnerabilities. Um, you know, they 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 yes, they put four past Australia. It was a good performance. Mbappe looked electric. Giroud looked very sharp. Um, midfield wise, they looked decent. But I think if a team gets at them and has that quality to sustain it for a long period of time, such as a Denmark, for example who, in fairness, they were disappointing in the, against Tunisia. But I think Tunisia and Denmark will both be sterner tests in Australia. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how France fare in those games. Yeah, I think fantastic start for France. But I think for them, Denmark will definitely be the real test for them and to see who progresses through to the last 16, especially as group winners as well, which is... I'm sure it's what France want as well. And now another controversial talking point to come out of the tournament so far is the Senegal-Netherlands match. And I saw a tweet and I've seen a couple of tweets about, especially about a certain Edouard Vendy and his poor performance on Monday when he was at fault for one of their goals and arguably could have done better with their second. Tom, I just want to get your opinion on this, but... Obviously, Mendy, on his day, he's one of the, if not the best goalkeeper in the world. But was it just an off day or is it or is it a repeating pattern that you've been seeing for the last couple of months now? Because I think he's he's been pretty poor lately, don't you think? Yeah, Mendy's had a really poor year, to be honest. Um, all of 2022, he's not been great. And I think, obviously, we're biased as QPR fans screaming for Senny Dieng to to get on the pitch. I was watching the Morocco-Croatia game and it was crying out for someone like Elias Chair as well to come on. But um, unfortunately, he was unused. But yeah, I think that game, again, Netherlands weren't massively impressive. I thought Senegal were good. They matched the Netherlands. But again, it's just a case of lack of quality um, in the final third. And I think that overall, the Netherlands got the job done. Obviously, Gakpo getting a header, but... They didn't look brilliant defensively, especially De Vrij, I thought, had a really poor game. No, not De Vrij. Um, what's he called? The other centre-back for uh, De Ligt. Yeah, De Ligt, De Ligt. Yeah, he looked, he looked really troubled all game. And I think that that's something that Ecuador and Qatar can both look at maybe and see if they can expose. As for that game, it was brilliant opening game, really. Ecuador, Ene Valencia, the former West Ham and Everton man with a brace and just a really entertaining first half, especially Qatar looked woeful in the game. But um, yeah, I think that overall it's been a, it's been a really, really good start to the tournament. And I think that 
there's plenty more to come. Um, if, one thing I want to say to you, Lucas, is having seen everyone but Brazil, obviously, so far, is there a team that you think, is there any opinions on teams that have changed? Because um, I've certainly changed my opinion on a couple of teams. Yeah, I think Qatar putting them in second place in the group so far for me has been a mistake. Obviously, I'll find out I'll find out tomorrow whether it was just complete delusion or genius after their match with Senegal. And I think there's definitely some sides to, to look out for. I think Saudi Arabia will definitely be interesting to see them. I think that man, Gualamor Choa, obviously he was man the match on Monday, living up, Tuesday, sorry, living up to the hype that had been set for him in the run-up to the tournament, saving a penalty, unsurprisingly. I think it'll be interesting to see how he fares before he disappears for the next four years. And I think Denmark, I'd like to see how they do against France. I think Costa Rica, can they turn it around or will they just kiss goodbye? I think Germany, whether they can turn it around or not is a different story. And I think I'd like to see how some some, some of the big sides like Brazil, Spain, I don't want to say England, but I'm going to, but I'm going to England, Germany, Belgium. I want to see how they all fare in this tournament and see whether any giants go home early. Anyways, that rounds off today's instalment of the Top Four Tiers podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you have made this far, Tom, do you have any last words to take us into the second round of World Cup matches? Yeah, um, just that we'll be back to round up probably the group stage when it concludes on a whole. Um, but yeah. Really, really enjoyed the tournament so far. Keep enjoying it and, and keep listening. Hopefully we've summarised it fairly well to anyone living under a rock. Yeah, I think that, that sums it up, really. Thank you so much for listening and we'll, and we'll catch you next time. And don't forget to follow Top 4 Tiers on all socials. Thanks for joining us at Top 4 Tiers. You've been listening to Tom Ward, founder of this multimedia empire, and myself, Lucas Ross, editor and producer. Don't forget to like and subscribe.